About a month ago, I'm at this student startup competition at the University of Washington, and I'm, I'm going around, I'm talking to teams, and I come across a medical device startup called NanoDropper. Um, so what we created was an adapter for eyedrop bottles. That's Alyssa Song, NanoDropper's CEO. The basic idea behind NanoDropper is to make smaller eye drops. It's a way for people with glaucoma to waste less of their medication and save money. NanoDropper would go on to win the competition, and the one thing that stuck with me was that this really simple solution was inspired by an article published by NPR and ProPublica. I called the investigative journalist who wrote it, Marshall Allen, and he explained the eye drop problem to me. Pharmaceutical companies for decades have been making eye drops that are just way too large for our eyes. And when you're talking about glaucoma drugs in particular, are extremely expensive. It can cost patients hundreds of dollars a month to take their glaucoma medication. And if they don't have that medication every day, I mean, it can lead to blindness. So if you can cut down on the size of those drops, you can really, you know, save people's health. Nanodropper took the problem that Marshall pointed out and they ran with it. They've now got FDA approval and they're gearing up to manufacture and distribute the device. Today, we're going to hear from the NanoDropper team about the lives of student startup founders and how the company plans to make a big impact with teeny tiny eyedrops. This is the GeekWire Health Tech Podcast. I'm reporter James Thorne. Stay with us. GeekWire's Health Tech Podcast is sponsored by Primera Blue Cross, providing comprehensive health benefits and tailored services to approximately 2 million people, from individuals to Fortune 100 companies. Learn more about how Primera is innovating in healthcare at Primera.com slash innovation. Welcome to the GeekWire Health Tech Podcast. Today, we have one half of the team behind NanoDropper, a startup that's saving glaucoma patients money with a better eyedropper. My name is Jennifer Steger, and I am a co-founder and the chief scientific officer of NanoDropper. And I'm Mackenzie Andrews. I'm a co-founder and the chief communications officer of NanoDropper. Jennifer and Mackenzie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. So we've met before. We were at a startup competition at the University of Washington, which you won. Uh, congratulations on that, and, and good to see you again. Let's start with the simplest question. What is the NanoDropper? The NanoDropper is an eyedropper attachment. So eye drops, whether they're over-the-counter or prescription eye drops, are oversized. So that's why when you put them in, then that little bit trickles down your face and they make a big mess. Um, they're oversized by design. And so ultimately that is wasting medication. And for eye drops, they're extremely expensive, like glaucoma medications. That means that they are vastly overpriced. So the NanoDropper is a simple adapter that screws onto the original bottle, reduces the drop size, and is saving patients money. So anybody who has glaucoma, they can take this eyedropper, put it onto their glaucoma medication, they get smaller drops, and they save money in the long run. Yeah, so anyone with glaucoma, and it can be extended to people with chronic dry eye, post-cataract surgeries, and even over-the-counter medications. And we're reducing the drop size by an average of about a factor of five. So they're about one-fifth the size of the current droplets, but they're right at that upper end of the eye absorption capacity. So how did your team come up with this idea? Yeah, it's one of my favorite stories to tell. So our co-founder and CEO Alyssa Song read an NPR article that's called Drug Companies Make Eye Drops Too Big. 
and patients pay for the waste. And she was infuriated. This article really nicely introduced the problem that Mackenzie just described. And she realized that she had all of the resources at her fingertips to solve this problem. So she recruited us along with her fiance, Elias Baker, to design and get the nanodropper out there. Mackenzie and I worked in the same lab as Alyssa. So she was the lab manager of our lab, and she's now a medical student at the Mayo Clinic. Clearly, eyedrop manufacturers could make smaller drops if they wanted to. So why haven't they? If they were to make smaller droplets, the, the medication is priced volumetrically, and so they would have to sell the medication for less money, essentially, and that isn't something that they're willing to do. They would be reducing their bottom lines. And at this point, they've been in class action lawsuits with patients for about the last decade. So if they were to now make their jobs smaller to resize their bottles and everything, then that would basically be them admitting to the fact that eye jobs are oversized. And then they'd have to do the payout for all of those class action lawsuits, which would just add to the cost of switching over. So, yeah, I was going to bring that up. So this whole thing, so the NPR, the ProPublica article that, that you referenced earlier, that came out of research that the reporter was doing into this lawsuit. So, so what's the status of that? Do you know? Yeah. Well, the status is that the drug companies are still unwilling to budge. We haven't been contacted by any of them at this point. We don't know whether they're aware of what we're doing. We don't foresee any, any change on their end to reduce the size of the droplets that are being administered. Yeah. And a number of months ago, the drug companies tried to elevate these lawsuits to the level of the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court refused to hear those cases, essentially. So it's still at the class action, small claims level. And so how big of a problem are we talking about here? How much does glaucoma medication cost? So on average, it can cost about $350 per bottle, but there are drops that cost up to $500 per bottle. So it's one thing to make a better eyedropper, and it's a totally different thing to actually bring that to market. So how have your early efforts gone at distribution? Really well. We went out the gate as a direct-to-consumer solution. So we are actually marketing our adapter to eye care clinics to start with, and the response we've gotten has been extremely positive. So we have a number of clinics across the nation that are ready for pre-sales, and Virtually every ophthalmologist we've talked to has said that they would be interested in having in their clinic or at least recommending the nanodropper to their patients. Fortunately, after the Health Innovation Challenge, we had incredible response from the local community and are now financed to the point of being able to start manufacturing. So we're going to be kicking off manufacturing in the next month or two, so really soon. And we're looking to be on the market in conservatively six months, maybe even sooner if everything goes well. Have you arranged any kind of partnerships or distribution deals with pharmacies or anything like that? Those are absolutely in the works. We have just started talking with Bartel Drugs as well as Kaiser Permanente. So we're in the process of getting that up and running. And so what's it been like trying to crack into this industry? It's been a roller coaster ride. I mean, there have been some really high highs and some fairly low lows. A lot of the feedback that we've gotten or the pushback has been, well, aren't the drug companies just going to try to squash you? And thus far, the answer is no. We just try to pay more attention to the number of people that we have the potential to help. 
When we come back, Jennifer and Mackenzie will share how they plan to bring a value-based approach to medicine, and they'll tell us their advice for other young entrepreneurs. This GeekWire podcast is brought to you by Primera Blue Cross. I have a particular quote uh, that I like to say. I work in healthcare during the day, and then I go home to the 21st century. That's Torben Nielsen, Primera's Vice President of Innovation and Strategic Investments. And I think that just really exemplifies, uh, you know, the healthcare is way behind, right? We are probably the only industry that still subsidizes fax machine manufacturers. No other industry actually uses faxes. It's very hard for a health plan to be taking risk. Because if you think about it, health plans is all about mitigating risk. And so it really requires a very conscious effort and great support from executives to launch initiatives that actually are taking risk and where you may not know where you end up. There's a lot of unknowns as you innovate and having that support at Primera has just been a key to us and what we're trying to do. Learn more about technology and innovation at Primera Blue Cross at Primera.com innovation. That's P-R-E-M-E-R-A dot com slash innovation. Welcome back to the GeekWire Health Tech Podcast. We're in the studio with Jennifer Steger and Mackenzie Andrews from NanoDropper. We've been talking about how the startup is cracking into the medical device industry with a simple adapter for eye drop medications. And this is kind of your side project, right? So what are you doing? What's your day job? We work in the same research lab. Our lab is it's a neuroscience pharmacology lab, and it's basically focused on researching mechanisms in the brain that are related to stress, anxiety, and drug abuse. I'm doing the computational end of things, computational neuroscience, a lot of data processing. And I'm a PhD student, so I'm working on a much more basic level doing animal behavioral experiments as well as brain slice physiology experiments. So you both came out of University of Washington. What kind of resources were available to do there? The University of Washington is great. I think that they have, especially in the past decade or so, really devoted a lot of efforts into creating resources and environment to help students pursue their own ideas and pursue their own businesses. So a few that come to mind are the innovation challenges that UW has started, and then they have the Dempsey Startup Competition. Yeah, absolutely. The Burke Center for Entrepreneurship also has a number of other opportunities that allow students to really engage with the entrepreneurial community within Seattle and at large. So what attracted each of you to health technology in the first place? I started at UW wanting to do neuroscience, and I just happened to stumble into a bioengineering seminar. And I thought that it was... Very interesting, just the number of possibilities that um, were there in the bioengineering field. I decided to pursue a double major with neurobiology and bioengineering. When Alyssa came to me with this idea, I was on board to just give it a shot. For me, I think it's just been so exciting to be able to translate everything I've learned in the lab, all of the pharmacology, the neuroscience, all of the knowledge into something that will help real people. So I'm not experimenting on mice in this case. I'm working towards developing a solution that will improve people's lives today during my lifetime. You know, you're obviously, you're both quite young. You're innovative. What can health technology companies do to attract people who want to be disruptive in this industry? So I think that... A lot of, at least in my experience, going um, and kind of going through the motions of a job search, a lot of companies have, that I've noticed, have very cookie cutter 
job titles and are looking for academic experience. There are not very many companies out there actively recruiting people that have gone through the startup process, who've actually designed solutions to problems. I think just being open-minded and not so much looking at somebody's resume um, as far as like number of papers that they've published, degrees that they hold, things like that, but viewing them as a whole person and listening to what they, to really like what experiences they bring to the table as well as allowing for more opportunity for growth and creative thinking, more autonomy, because when people are allowed to think creatively and sort of step outside the box, I feel like that's really where the magic happens. So one thing that emerged at the startup competition where I met you was that a lot of the students were working on projects that tried to make healthcare cheaper or more accessible. Why do you think that is? Well, I think there are a huge number of people in this country and worldwide that don't have access to healthcare and don't have access to the medical attention that they need. In my opinion, healthcare should be a right. It shouldn't be something that only you know, wealthy people are eligible for. And so I think that's really where the motivation comes from to essentially just level the playing field. And I think that we are going to be seeing a big shift in healthcare in the next number of years, decade or so, where currently we have this pay-for-service system where you go to the doctor and there is a claim, there is a bill for every single service that is performed. You know, we've already seen some groundbreaking work with Boeing and UW Medicine where um, we're starting to shift towards a um, value-based system. So NanoDropper fits into that value-based model in, in your view? Yeah. So, I mean, value is defined as outcome over cost. So the greater the outcome for the patients and the less the cost, the more the value. And NanoDropper does both of those things. It's going to be increasing outcomes because patients will have better adherence to their medications. They won't be running out. And smaller drops are actually potentially more efficacious than the larger drops. Alyssa works in an ophthalmology office doing glaucoma research. And her professor told her that the ultimate goal for treating glaucoma at this point is for people to have, at the end of their life, partial vision in one of their eyes. That's like the end goal. I just think that we can do so much better as a country, as innovators, and that's essentially what we're trying to do. Is there something that's currently being debated in Washington, D.C. that you want to see happen tomorrow? I mean, universal health care. Absolutely. Universal health care. I mean, everybody should have access to health care. Working on NanoDropper, we've gotten so many emails, so many patient accounts of people that just can't afford their medications. And they are either not paying their rent or they're going blind is basically what it comes down to. Would you say that, is, that view is shared commonly with a lot of the people in your graduating class? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think everyone that I am around in the bioengineering side of things, the healthcare transformation side of things, everybody sees that as a need. Earlier this morning, I spoke with Marshall Allen, who is actually the journalist who wrote the ProPublica NPR article that inspired NanoDropper, and he had a few words to share. Can I play them for you? Please. Yeah. For me, you know, when I do these stories, I'm very limited in my ability um, to do anything about it. You know, I can call attention to a problem. I can I can expose it. I can point out the um, the situation, and I can show how it's harming people. 
But you always hope when you do these stories that someone um, will do something about it. And they're doing exactly what others need to do when it comes to um, fixing our healthcare system. They have taken the initiative to apply their uh, their skills and their ability and their experience and even just their perseverance to come up with a, a really clever uh, fix for this problem. So I just think for them and for others, go for it. Don't wait. You know, you can't wait for someone else who doesn't have incentive to fix a problem to um, to fix it. So what do you think? <laughs> wow, <laughs> that was incredible to hear because I really feel like that's what we've set out to do. And so to hear. Marshall giving us that feedback. It's really motivating because it's really straight from the source of what sparked all of this. Yeah, so validating. So what's one piece of advice you'd give to the class of 2023, next year's freshman class, to get the most out of their experience? If you have an idea, pursue it, follow it through. Gather, you know, a group of people that you think have the right skills, the right qualities to really solve this problem and just, just do it. And kind of off of that, I think a lot of academia, a lot of what we are taught in classes is we're taught solutions, but we're not taught as much how to look for the problems. And so I think the big thing is keep your eyes open for the problems that are out there because you're going to be taught the skills of how to make the solutions. That's what you're in school to do. Thank you both for coming in the GeekWire offices and recording with the GeekWire Health Tech Podcast. I hope to see you both again, and and best of luck with NanoDropper. Thank you so much. Thank you. You can learn more about NanoDropper by visiting nanodropper.com. Thanks for listening to the GeekWire Health Tech Podcast. If you like the show, please consider leaving us a rating and a review on your favorite podcast app, or tell a friend or colleague about the show. See more episodes at geekwire.com slash healthtech, and subscribe in your favorite podcast app. This episode of Health Tech was produced by Jenny Cecil Moore. Thanks to our sponsor of Health Tech Season 3, Primera Blue Cross. You can find out more about their work at primera.com slash innovation. To see all of GeekWire's coverage of science, tech, business, and more, go to geekwire.com. Sign up for our podcast newsletter to hear all of our shows. I'm reporter James Thorne. Thanks for listening to Health Tech.